Welcome to Breaking Ice and Building Bridges from Possibilities. I'm Kelly Johnson. And I'm Byron Jackson. Glad you're here. Connecting a community through conversation. Hello, and welcome to Breaking Ice, Building Bridges. I'm Santiago Ramones, and co-hosting is... Jasmatez. We're joined by some awesome people, and we're going to get to hear from them, starting with my right... Jennifer O'Neill. Who are you? I am a registered nurse and newly certified death doula, and I have um, recently met my co-host who will be working with me and we have decided to start a podcast because death is so unknown and untalked about and just people kind of put it in a box. And so um, just wanting to expand um, awareness for that. And so that is who I am at the moment. I love it. I'm excited to hear more. Next to her is... Uh, I'm Sarah Kovash, and I am also uh, a local death doula. I've been a death doula for about four years now. Um, I do hospice volunteer work. Those are the things that I do for a passion. Um, for money, I am a sublimation specialist, so that's about it. <laughs> I am also hoping to raise awareness around um, the topic of death. Um, it is definitely hidden in our society and sort of tucked away. And, you know, I want to, my, my brand is called leaning in and what I, why I named it that was because I want people to really lean into death and, and all that it entails and, you know, see the beauty that can, that can come with death. And I know that sounds really strange, but there is, there is beauty in death also. Yeah. Jazz, what are we talking about today? We are talking about empathy. I feel like that is a very fitting theme for today. So I would like for everybody to share. What does empathy feel like when it is shared with you? Who wants to go first? You want to go first. I want to go first today. I really do. For me, empathy throughout my life has often been times where I would share and understand mutual hardship. So for me personally, there have been many deaths in my family due to illness. I have no father and I have several other cousins and our family was plague stricken by opioid overdoses, cancers, and diabetes and other ailments. And so for me, growing up, a lot of empathy was being able to understand people's pain and sorrow. But nowadays, I am also choosing to have empathy for people's joy And that has really opened up the doors to being able to share in mutual experiences with people on another level. And that has has been something that has really turned my life in a better direction. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's go back around the circle. So the question was, how does it feel when empathy is shown towards me? 
Is that? Oh, I didn't even answer my own question. Look at that. Um, yes, yes. So how does empathy feel when it's given to you? Um, it feels welcoming, like I'm a part of and alike others, you know, um, I guess when you're feeling outside of or other than, um, having someone show you empathy can really kind of reel you back in and, and make you understand that you do have a place in the world and with other people. Thank you. I was thinking of it as being like very similar to that actually in a way, but as like a warm hand or gesture reaching out and, um, you know, when I'm feeling alone, somebody being there to support me or um, whenever I'm, whenever I felt um, alienated or um, I know feeling judged as a child, you know, the first, some of the first memories of empathy were um, feeling um, that of being a part of or feeling being um, just um, the feeling of the opposite of that. So the non-judgmental me seeing people um, seeing me as opposed to judging me. So that's kind of what empathy means for me. Yeah. Sorry to get all like technical in here. Uh, the distinction between sympathy and empathy. Uh, um, I feel like people get those confused a lot. And when you feel sympathy for someone, you are sort of feeling it for them. I see that you are feeling that. And empathy is with. I feel that with you. And so it's one thing to tell someone how you're feeling and have them be like, yeah, that sounds like it would suck. <laughs> or instead of being like, wow, I feel that with you. I'm sorry and I care about you and I don't want you to feel this negative thing that you're feeling. Or it, like how you were saying with positive empathy that, wow, I'm so happy for you and I'm happy with you. Your joy is my joy too. And feeling those things with each other. And so, yeah, empathy for me is sharing in the feeling rather than acknowledging that the feeling is somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Thank you all. That has been a really good take. I love hearing everybody's different perspectives on topics that we all share and things that we all go through in the human experience. Normally, I wouldn't jump into deep diving into what someone's podcast is going to be on breaking ice and really just introduce the person. But I want to take time and acknowledge and really talk about the topics 
of loss because I just have this feeling today that it, it needs to be brought up. And I would like to hear how empathy is embedded in the work that you two share. And I, I, I think that it will be a amazing and really privileged take to get to hear an, an inside view of what you two do for the community because it is something that is so intimate and stigmatized. Could you please share? Really the feeling that I get is is I mean I love that that we talked about be empathy being with and because that's a lot of what we do is that to provide comfort and being with families and people um, going through death and the end of life and so recently a friend of mine had actually posted on Facebook that he was dying in a hospital room and he was dying alone and so my first you know, instinct was wanting to go be with him and, and try to share some of that experience with him. And, and so, you know, there's, I think raising awareness for that is, is part of it because you can't force your way in to be able to do that with people, but to be able to talk about it and, you know, introduce the idea and, tell people about it. And, and then when we do get the opportunity to be able to meet people where they're at and see what's going on with them and, and, um, talk with them just exactly where they're at, because it's, you know, the first conversation that I had with him, he was not in a happy place, understandably. And so I, you know, just meeting him where he was at, I wasn't going to try to change where he was at. And, and so um, there's just a lot of variables, but no judgment wherever anybody is at in, in all of those situations, but just getting to be a, a part of that and provide the, the witness and the, the ability to, to meet people there. Thank you. I'd kind of like to you know elaborate on that, you know, meeting people where they are. I know that our last episode we talked, I heard some of that discussion. And I really think that's important when it comes to empathy, because if you can't meet somebody where they are, you can't really feel empathy for them. Um, So that's really important. Um, One of the other things I really want to focus on is that we're advocates, we're advocates for the people that are dying. Um, And so it's really important for us to be able to have that empathy and not sympathy um, because sympathy doesn't do anyone any good. Usually, you know, um, I know that that's typically what the, you know, the greeting card says sympathy, you know, it's more like pity. Yeah. And it's, I don't want anybody to pity me and I don't think many people want to be pitied. Um, But just the advocacy for, the person dying to have the things that they want in that process because there's a lot of considerations to make um, when a person's dying. There's, you know, whether they need um, to be fed by a tube or artificial, you know, 
fluids, things like that. I, that's probably not proper terminology, excuse me, but, um, you know, those, those things are important, um, in order to have a good death. And that's, you know, I, that's part of what I am advocating for is for people to have a good death. And I just really believe that being able to advocate effectively, you really have to have a lot of empathy and put yourself in that person's position and imagine what it must feel like to need that, to need someone to advocate for you in that way at that time of your life. Um, it's, it's profound and it can be, it can be very moving. It can be very scary. It can be um, enlightening. It can be very, all the things it can be all the things and you know you have to really be open to that level of empathy to be able to to do it effectively i think yeah something i think about a lot of times especially whenever people have a hard time sharing difficult emotions and stuff like that is that a lot of times people go straight for comfort or go straight for advice and it is far more effective to actually sit in that or kind of like how uh, your brand is leaning in. Holding and space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of trying to make that negative feeling go away, mm -hmm. acknowledging it, letting everyone feel it so that we can get not necessarily through it, but let it in. Um, and so leaning into the hard thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like thinking of the process of grief and people being like, Oh, don't be sad. Like, no, I want to be sad. I'm acknowledging the, the significance that this person or this pet or whoever had it, or this relationship uh, had in my life. And I'm acknowledging it by being sad. And so, yeah, leaning into the feeling instead of trying to run away from it. Uh, and hide it. And on that, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, it didn't really turn into a question. That's really, it's a really good thing to bring up um, because, you know, if you're constantly trying to fix somebody or make them feel better, you're not really meeting them where they are number one you're not holding space for them number two and you're not doing them any favors um you you don't heal by covering up the hard things you heal by facing them and dealing with them and you know death is hard it's 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 hard on the person that's dying it's hard on the family it's hard on i mean it's hard on everybody and so really, again, meeting people where they are and allowing all of those hard feelings to come out and be present and not trying to cover them up, you know, or make them feel better or make that go away. That's definitely an important thing to remember and consider. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I'd also like to touch on the fact that death and loss and grieving can oftentimes be a very lonely experience for a lot of people. We in 
the lovely U.S. of A. are not allowed to grieve in community. Sure, we have a funeral service. Maybe there's a wake if the family can afford it. And from there, we're really left to our own devices to to navigate what is one of the most challenging moments in our lives. I would like to hear both of your thoughts on how we can further advocate for the communal aspect of death. How can we bring the village back into caring for the ones that are passing and their family? It's a good thing to bring up. Um, It's a good uh, reminder that, you know, community is, is hugely important. A lot of people tend to kind of push away from community, um, but that's really when they need the community to, to push through that, that barrier um, and kind of, I don't want to say force themselves, force their support, but some people really need a little bit of an assertive person to come through and be like, hey, I know you need this, you know, let me in. Um, but one of the things that is super common when someone dies is about three weeks later, people sort of disappear. Um, you've got the first three weeks, people are bringing you food, people are calling, checking on you. And then that, it's about, that's a, it's a pretty classical timeline. At about three weeks in, everybody just sort of disappears. And I think that if we could, again, lean in, because I think some people get really uncomfortable around the person grieving because they're not able to hold space. They're not able to meet them where they are. They are driven to make them feel better. And when they can't, you know, it's, um, it, it's, they hit resistance, you know, and so the resistance makes people sort of step back. And I think if we could just kind of push forward through that resistance, you know, lean into that resistance and, and work, past it that we could really help in a communal community type of way. Yeah. And I think also leading up to the death of looking at, that's one of the things that we address every time, you know, talking to the family is what the support system is and what it looks like for that specific family and, and how to, how and when and how do they want people pulled in mm-hmm. and and at what times, you know, depending on the progression of, you know, their disease and, and what's happening and to be able to help navigate that for them when, you know, it may be, de- may be difficult for them to have to always stand in that place of doing that. And so um, to help, you know, pull people in and And, um, you know, and there's, I think there's a lot of different ways to have, um, gatherings around people that are, that are dying that, you know, a lot of people, um, like she said, push community away. I think a lot of people don't want to let it in and, and, you know, it's becoming a little bit more accepted to have, or, you know, and a little bit more talked about to be able to have, you know, funerals instead of funerals when people are alive and, you know, inviting people in to, to, to share experiences while, while people are living and create, yeah, to create 
fun times with people and um, things that are important and, you know, legacy projects and, and things like that. And, and then, um, you know, also just during, during the different stages. And, and I just, I think those are important to look at when the family may, you know, at first want to push things away, not realizing what even their own needs are at that point. And then they're, they're exhausted before they even realize it. And so that's another thing that we can advocate for. And so that's, that does go hand in hand with it. I think um, respite care also is another, it feels like you sort of touched on that. Um, Having community there to sit with the person that's dying um, because family, like she says, family gets exhausted and it's, it's a lot, you know, especially if it's a long-term, long drawn out transition, um, they don't really get a lot of respite. And so depending on what their financial situation is, you know, somebody in the community to come in and, and be able to sit for them while they take a break is really, really hugely important. And that's something we can do. That's something you guys can do. That's something anybody in the community can do and, and should, should do. Um, I really, it just, I feel moved suddenly just by remind being reminded of how much we really push away death and we try to hide it behind all the closed doors, all the makeup, all of the embalming fluid, all of the pretty caskets, you know, we need people to, to do the hard work, to, to sit with the people dying, to sit with the family, to, to, to do the hard work. We need people to lean in and do the hard work. Sorry. <laughs> I'm feel, I feel very passionate yeah. about this. Don't apologize for your passion. <laughs> We're so honored that you both were able to come in today and share the amazing care and love that you provide for our fellow humans. And this has been a heavy episode. I would like to brighten things up a bit and bring some life and spirit and future into the room. Have y'all thought of a name? For the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, who came up with that name? It may have been Kelly, actually. Yeah, we are going to be called the Death Doula Duo. That is fantastic. We are so excited to have you come aboard. Welcome again to Thank the Possibilities family. And I do have a question. If there is an individual, a family, or a community that is in need of your care and services, where can they reach out? They can find me at... I'm Jennifer O'Neill and Aging Transitions Doula Support on Facebook and Instagram. And usually we have an event hosted by the Death Doula Duo that's, we try to do a death cafe every other month or every month. So we'll be doing those around the city and Norman and in the surrounding areas. So, and then Sarah. Uh, You can find me on Facebook right now. I still need to do uh, Instagram. I'm, Instagram's not my, I'm old. So Facebook is still my jam. Um, but I am on Facebook as leaning in death doula and spiritual advisor. Um, and you can reach me at my phone number 405-326-9001. 
Um, I'm here to support and talk with anybody that needs to talk. Well, we appreciate you so much. And I, again, thank you for sharing space and being in the moment with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And with that, there's no real good way to (laughs) close it out other than just say thank you for being here and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Connecting a community through conversation. Breaking Ice, Building Bridges is the Possibilities Community Podcast Platform. Thanks for tuning in.